Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. If you haven't been uh, worshiping with us for the past couple of weeks, uh, we are in a sermon series called The Deconstructionist Journey. <laughs> Has it been good? It's been a, I mean, it's been a really hot sermon series. We've only had a couple of weeks so far, but we're looking at the book of Romans, which is perhaps in many cases, one of the most weaponized books in the Bible. And, and we are uh, uh, putting that in conversation with, how, uh, with the deconstruction work that might need to happen of beliefs that were not contributing to our thriving in our childhood. And, and then also the reconstruction work of understanding what our beliefs must be in order to uh, live out God's work in the world going forward. So it's like a deconstruction and a reconstruction. You know, I have a, um, have any of you ever like worked in a restaurant or like been in service or whatever? So uh, we have this uh, saying that you have to clean as you go. I was a bartender. <laughs> I was a bartender in college. I wasn't 21 yet. And I also didn't, dr- I, I still don't drink. I've never drank in my entire life. And so by saying I was a bartender, I mean, I was paid to be a bartender, but not that I was particularly effective or good. <laughs> I was more like, I don't know what this does. And I just like, I memorized the number of seconds to pour something. I don't know what the difference between like mint and spearmint is. It's all coming together. I was a terrible bartender. But the, the, one of the sayings that we had is that you have to clean as you go. You have to clean as you go. You have to deconstruct as you reconstruct. You have to like, like take kind of take care of some stuff as you're building up some other stuff. And so when, you know, a lot of times when folks have been disenfranchised from the faith of their childhood, when they realize that some of the things that they grew up with are no longer contributing to their worldview or kind of how they understand the world, a lot of times the temptation is like, well, we just got to throw it all out and then I'll never believe anything again. (laughs) I'll never have any type of spirituality that ever exists ever. Because like sometimes there's so much pain there that it's like, I just got to shut this out. But I'm here to tell you that, that having a, a life devoid of any type of larger questions, any type of spirituality, any type of connection to something that is mysterious and inviting and holy is going to lead to uh, a lot of uh, cynicism and, and uh, hollowness in your life. And so I, I'm, I might politely suggest that, that as you deconstruct some beliefs, it's helpful to also simultaneously reconstruct, to clean as you go, to, to continue to think through what it is you can trust, what it is you can believe. I'm not even in the sermon yet, and I'm already getting into it. So, uh, so that's, that's the reconstruction. And, uh, and yes, I'm mindful that this week was a particularly intense week in the news. Um, The Supreme Court had, while we had a worship service um, several weeks ago dedicated to Roe v. Wade once it was leaked that um, that decision would be overturned, that has uh, formally and officially happened this week. And, um, and uh, which makes uh, the U.S. one of three countries in the world that has ever like reduced abortion uh, rights. And, and so here uh, we have a map of um, abortion laws around the world. And, uh, and 
this week, the, the, the color for where the U.S. was changed. And uh, that's really significant for, uh, for our community. Uh, that's really significant for our world. So as we're talking about reconstruction and deconstruction, this is kind of where the rubber hits the road, folks. Like, this, like the reason why it's important for us to deconstruct and reconstruct is not simply because um, it's like a good imaginative exercise, but rather because it's something that results in policy, results in community, results in how we belong together and believe we belong together. Um, and so uh, that's, that's why this is important. And I, and I want to name that like several folks at New City uh, went to a vigil this past week and several folks at New City went to a protest this past week around the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I also want to name that like um, I've heard from, from members of our community that um, this is not something that New City is like of one mind on necessarily, that, that, that there's some folks who are approaching this from different vectors or different angles and um, some different social locations who are understanding this differently. So I want to be aware of that and name that like there's kind of different beliefs uh, present in our community around what precisely uh, the dynamics around abortion rights is. And uh, like we've preached about several times in the past several months, um, uh, restricting abortion rights results in the death of the most marginalized folks in our society. Uh, undocumented folks, black, black women, indigenous women. And as a, a community that centers marginalized voices, uh, we want to pay particular attention to that. Um, I also just want to name that New City has talked about uh, queer rights for a really long time. And, uh, and, and in the, did you all see this Clarence Thomas's, uh, so Clarence Thomas, who's one of the Supreme Court justices, um, wrote a concurring statement. And in that concurring statement, he said, oops, um, just, uh, Justice Clarence Thomas said that the Supreme Court should consider, and then he, na he cited three other Supreme Court cases. And that included Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell. So Griswold is the one that declared that married couples had a right to contraception. That was a 1965 decision. Lawrence v. Texas was a, a 2003 ruling around sodomy laws and same-sex relationships. And Obergefell was a, a 2015 case establishing the right of gay couples to marry. And so the re <laughs> as a church that continues to support uh, queer rights and, and continues to really care about women's rights, queer rights, the liberation of all of creation. Um, th this should be something that we're aware of, that we're, we're noting, that we're not going to become overly reactive to, that we're not going to allow uh, this concurring statement to rob our joy, especially on pride, okay? <laughs> but, uh, but rather, it's something that we are aware of, that we are watching, and that we are praying over. Um, we know that um, society isn't static. Society is malleable. Society is plastic. It, it is able to be shaped. And, and when we who believe in a better society are passive and uh, complacent about what society should look like, then that opens the door for other folks to shape it uh, who may not be considering the best interests of the marginalized. And so uh, as Christians, our whole theory of change is like we are, we are transformed inwardly so that we can be agents of transformation outwardly. Um, so that's, yeah, can we, can we uh, amen? Are we feeling any of this? Okay, hallelujah. 
Um, so, uh, so this is where the Romans text around groaning really comes into play. Did you, was that not just a fabulous Bible reading, by the way? All of creation is groaning. Hey, I, a question. Could all of you, just in a little bit of a theater exercise, <laughs> um, I want you to groan in a way that is reflective of how you feel about this past week or about um, uh, oppression of, of folks, uh, of folks, LGBT folks in general. I want you to, to viscerally do this. We're going to do it on the count of three. Ready? We're going to make a groan. And, I, and uh, if you're joining us on the live stream, type groan in the chat, but also do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> because we're trying to empathize with the text here. Okay, ready? <laughs> so one, two, three. Ah! I was a little bit less of a groan and more of just a <laughs> scream. Let's just do a, that kind of felt good. Let's just do that one more time. One, two, three. Ah! <laughs> okay, so this is our point of empathy with the text. Paul is saying creation is making that sound all of the time, <laughs> like the land itself, the rivers and the air, all of creation is like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, can we please get it together? Because you know what? God has never created more faithfulness than in creation, right? Like the soil always does exactly what it's supposed to be doing. The birds are always doing exactly what God created them to do. The river is always like, I'm just like doing my thing that God said to do. Human beings are the only ones who are like um, missing the mark sometimes as, as uh, we call it. The shorthand for that is sin. I know that's a loaded word. And that we're, we're kind of missing the mark. And, uh, and all of creation is with us uh, to support us and say, like, uh, God, ha God intends for something better in the world. That, that all of creation is, is there to say, like, hey, we're cheering for you, groaning for you, to be able to live into a new way. If you ever are feeling discouraged in this work, if you're ever feeling like the load is too much and you're, and you're overburdened with everything that is going on, if you're ever doom scrolling and you just don't know what to do, know that all of creation is already singing God's praises and is available for you to, like, uh, 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 to choose another way to turn around and to create a new society. All of creation is there supporting you. Hallelujah. Ooh, the air is is filling our lungs so that we can praise God. Hallelujah. The air is doing its part. We had folks in our community who uh, have, have done Line 3 activism, continue to do Line 3 activism, uh, continue to pray over the sacred waters of the Mississippi River. And all of that, I think, is a very, like, Romans 8 kind of thing to do. <laughs> you know, like, all of that is saying, like, our water is, is sacred. Our water was created by our creator. And our water is showing us how to live into itself. And, and our task is to be like water. Our task is to be like the air. Our task is to discern how God made you to be and then live that out so fully, purely, and refreshingly that the world takes notice. That is what creation is waiting for you to do. Uh, Howard Thurman calls this the sound of the genuine. Uh, you have to listen for the sound of the genuine that is inside you, that kind of like encrypted instruction of God in your own being that God is like, I want you to listen to your soul because I made you to be part of something beautiful. 
And that's what it means to be our true selves. Uh, that's, that's how I connect to this sense of authenticity. And so on pride, we are doing profoundly theological work when we march in pride. When we have our, uh, our parade and our crafts and our banners, when we have our New City Church collaboratively created playlist on Spotify, which by the way is five hours long. <laughs> while we're marching down this parade, which is not going to be a five-hour parade. And the people of New City Church were like, we are on it. Are we going to be picking like explicitly Christian songs? No, we are definitely going to be picking all the songs that give us the life, that remind us who God created us to be. We're going to play the soundtrack of our liberation because what can honor God more than living into our own liberation? What can allow us to step into the freedom of all of creation than to be marching down the street with Lil Nas X playing? <laughs> I was like, oh, we're going the explicit Lizzo version for, okay, great, hallelujah, listen, we can't wait around to be free, we can't wait for our liberation, we have to continually press into our liberation, not only for selfish, self-interested reasons, but because God desires it for all of the planet. We are as a church on a mission to live out God's world and vision for, the, for the, all of creation for our society. All of our neighbors, all of the soil, all of our future, all of our ancestors are begging and groaning for us to live into something that's a little bit more free. And our chance to do that is every day, all the time. But every once in a while, we come across a great inheritance from the people who have gone before us. And that's what pride is, is a, is a great inheritance of the people who have strove to create justice before us. The pride movement has always had people of faith inside of it. The pride movement has always had people who insisted that God created us to be something more than what the oppression of society has offered. The pride movement is a mystical correction to the homophobia of, our, of the American church. The pride movement is, is God saying, listen, I'm not saying that the church always is going to get it right, but I am going to say that I'm going to send people out to try to change something so that all of us can be free. Hallelujah. Sometimes the church needs to look outside of the church in order to discover what it means to be a church. And the pride movement showed us, all, Amer all of the American church, how we are missing the mark and how we can repent to, sh to find another way. This, I believe, is deeply scripturally aligned. This is not despite the Bible. This is because of the Bible. This is philosophically funded by the Bible. This is possible because of this liberatory word that says that all of creation is groaning for us to be free. 
Last week and on Juneteenth, we learned that um, some plantation owners created a slave Bible where they cut out all the parts that had to do with liberation because they didn't want a word that was so powerfully liberating to be in the hands of, of uh, enslaved people. The illiteracy laws were trying to guarantee that enslaved folks wouldn't be able to access the powerful, liberating word that is present in the Bible. And thank God, they failed. We still have a text of liberation. We still have a scripture that witnesses to a new world. We still have a testimony that God created us to be free. And so we are living into that freedom today and every day. In closing, I want us, um, we have a handout that we're going to be marching around handing out during the parade. And for those of you who are joining us from Sweden and from all over the U.S., um, we, we just want to uh, give a little um, preview of what that handout is. So this is five reasons why being a queer person of faith is the best. Yay! In case your weird uncle isn't convinced yet. Okay, so um, number one, we're literally so cute. So <laughs> um, God is beautiful and God made a beautiful creation. Why would God make queer people in her image, Genesis 1, uh, 27, just to have us hate ourselves? Why would we be made so beautifully if we're supposed to hate the beauty of who we are? Yes, number two, there's approximately a jillion Christians who love you as a queer person. So don't get it twisted. There are a bunch of churches that are queer affirming. Anti-gay churches do not have a monopoly on church stuff. New City Church loves the Bible, our spiritual tradition, and glitter. So, <laughs> like, I think that for folks, you know, I'm talking to my partner who went to a Bible school. I, I'm talking to a lot of folks at New City who have grown up in uh, very particular church traditions. Sometimes it's kind of like, wait, there are churches that are LGBTQ affirming? It's like, yeah, there's like a whole bunch of them. There's like a, a, a lot of them. And, and, and there's been churches that have been queer affirming like since anyone has been queer affirming. Like <laughs> that's kind of like been a thing that has happened and existed. It's just like sometimes it's a little bit harder to find queer affirming churches and sometimes queer affirming churches aren't in the media as much. So like it's so yeah, just don't get it twisted. Um, three, being your whole self is incredible. God likes truth and God likes it when we tell the truth. And the truth is that your lesbian behind has been watching that Janelle Monae music video like it's your final meal. It's okay to come out of the closet. We're not forcing anyone to come out of the closet if you're not ready, if it's not safe, but it's okay to come out of the closet. Um, four, we got 99 problems, but being queer isn't one, and it's like the opposite of a problem. So our society does need to change things. Like people don't have enough food to feed their families. Racism is killing people on the daily. People don't have safe places to live. But you watching Heartstopper on Netflix and snuggling with your boo is not the issue here. Yes. And, uh, and lastly, God gives us queer love to fix our anti-queer society. Jesus was an advocate for chosen family, Matthew 12, 46 through 50. And queer people are so good at creating chosen family, both to survive and to change the world. That, that scripture is, by the way, a reference to um, when Jesus was, when they were like, Jesus, your, your mother and your brothers are here to see you. And Jesus is like, who are my mothers and who are my brothers? 
My mothers and brothers are the people who are in the movement with me. These are, this is my chosen family. It doesn't mean that biological family is uh, outdated. It just means that it's not the only way to see family, like, and, and that God is imagining a new type of family. Um, so, by the way, this is kind of crowdsourced and community source. So can we just give snaps for <laughs> this whole thing? I just love it. Um, and th this is how we're trying to, in the vernacular, explain the systematic theology of New City Church. <laughs> for you seminarians out there, like, we, we're serving up, like, this is who God is, this is who we are, and this is the future that God is calling us to have. And we're trying to do it in, in a way that is accessible to folks who, uh, uh, who have been burned by the church. And so thank you for being part of New City, thank you for being part of this community, and let's march with pride. Amen. Amen.